Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. I'm hoping you can explain the hit on metals of mining. Quick question on ticker symbol AG, first majestic. My wife has a rollover 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. And provides unbiased answers. Well, that's pretty easy. Open up a Roth account, start moving the assets over there. Just know that every asset that you move over to the Roth is added to your income. Invest Talk across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is May 13th, Friday the 13th, 2022. You know, there's a reason why Friday the 13th is noted for bad luck. And I thought it had everything to do with uh, the Catholic Church and uh, the Templars. And, but that's not necessarily so. There's a lot of different reasons why Friday 13th. Because I looked them up. But it's not just that. But it is Friday 13th. And I don't think we had a bad luck day in the market. We had a good day in the market today. Finally. Finally. I'm Steve Peasley. I look forward to doing this podcast because I enjoy learning and hearing from you. Any financial questions, any investment questions you have, or any ideas you have that you want to share. I, I like those too. Now, I might not agree with them, but I like to get them. And I'm always careful to give you my straight unbiased answers as, as fair and clear and concise as possible. So, I don't have any hidden agendas. I don't want to push any one point of view or another. That's not who I am. In fact, it will be mostly your questions that drive the direction of the podcast. It always is, always has been for 22, 23 years. 22 to 23 years we've been doing this. And it's my goal to help you understand what's going on. Now, you know, in the previous podcast, I have been suggested that we probably will have some kind of relief rally. Now, the question is, was today it or will we have a follow through? I was kind of pleased at happening the relief rally we had today because it's Friday and investors and traders don't necessarily in a, you know, in a negative mood and the, the negative move they've been in. They don't necessarily want to hold on to stocks over the weekend. They usually tend to sell off on Friday in a bear or bearish market that we're dealing with. That was, that was pleasantly surprised. Let's see if we can follow through on Monday, though. That would be important. Okay? So, today on the podcast, we're going to operate with our same mission statement, independent thinking and share success. And that is your assurance that I'm going to offer my... Uh, everything I offer is going to be as honest and accurate as possible. The market reporting explanations of how the, the processes uh, that we use and how we come about things, uh, anything on the educational segments, and, of course, mostly it's a stock commentary that you call about. And we try to give you a quick answer. Now, try to remember, this is the, when we answer a question on the stocks, we're looking, I, I and Justin are looking at very fast, uh, quick 
preview of the data that is in front of us. It's not an in-depth anything. We can't do that on the radio show. We can't. But we can give you a pretty quick synopsis of what what's bad and good about the stock that you're asking. Okay? So, and of course, we have no bias. We don't care one way or another on, on good, bad, and different. Just what are the facts? That's it. Okay? So, we're live 4 to 5, Monday through Friday. We're live right now. 888-99-CHARTER is our number, and you can call us right now. 888-992-4278. Let's get right to the first listener line question. Yes, Senator Steve. I wanted to get your thoughts on ticker symbol ALB, ALB Albert Marley. I think that's how you pronounce it, um, after their earnings. I bought some shares over a year ago, and I'm currently up about 45%. It's only a small percentage of my portfolio, but would you hold longer, trim, or exit? Thank you for your advice. Bye. Albert Marley Corp. Uh, or Abomoral, Moral Corp, makes uh, polymer, polymer additives, catalysts, and fine chemicals for the refining consumer electronics and other markets. It's going to make $10.03 this year. It made $4.04 last year. Uh, next year, it's going to make $12.16. It's a $228 stock. So right now, we're looking at a pretty expensive stock. Okay, now the sales is great, numbers are good, management is strong, mutual funds are buying, all those things are really good. Okay, everything's lined up. But everybody already knows all that and has already had a pretty big rally. If it was me, I'd probably take, I wouldn't get out, but I certainly wouldn't hesitate to take some off the table because now it's not cheap anymore. It's a, it's it's kind of on the expensive side. Okay, simple. ALB, everybody. ALB. My focus point today is based on this question. Do you have to put 20% down when buying a house? So all of us who've been buying houses over the years knows the answer to that, but not maybe the new buyers. Do you have to put 20% down? Is it required? Okay, other topics I want to talk about. Inflation. We had some inflation news. I want to talk about the, the import price index what happened to that now we talked about cpi ppi and all that but import price index why is that important because we import a lot of stuff then prices are going up or not are they also do you know how long the average bear market lasts if we are in a bear market that's it because the s&p bounced today and it looks like this week, they were on their way to to be 20% down from their high, but they only got to about 17% bounce today. But if we are in a bear market, how long does it last? How deep are they on average? Do you know? Well, I know, and I'm going to share that with you. And Twitter sell on hold. Did you hear? It's on hold now. Elon Musk want, uh, uh, wanted to do you know he well we'll talk about it but he decided to put it on hold for a few days but he did reassure everybody that he is going to buy it but there's some things he wants checked out first but you know what it's interesting he doesn't have the right to check them out now i'll explain i'll explain when we get to it so and there's no trivia question today so that won't be happening the market that was up 466 points 
which is about that was near the high of the day. It wasn't all up today. That it came, you know, the, the Dow went up a strong, open strong, uh, got up to four or five hundred points, and then fell, then came back. So it was up four sixty six. The Nasdaq up four hundred thirty four, much stronger in a percentage basis, and then and the SP up ninety four. So it's what we call a relief rally. Now the question is, can the relief rally last a few weeks, a few days, a few weeks, or is this it? And I can't answer that question. I can tell you we were oversold and we, and we were due for a bounce, and I said that specifically on the show, that we're due for a bounce. And now we, I know Justin has been saying it also. Well, I'm not sure if he said it exactly that way, but I know that's what he's been expecting. So we got it. Today, now let's see if it has what we call legs. You can keep doing it. So we're moving into a break. It is Friday, everybody. Okay. So uh, I will share highlights from the news uh, KPP news- newsletter because I do it every Friday. That will be at the halfway point of the show. My phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor 888-99-CHART. I host the Invest Talk podcast. I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. I make them into easier to understand elements. Each question is tackled live without pre-screening, and some topics are more challenging than others. And that's a good thing because it allows every Invest Talk caller to shape the content of the podcast. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24/7 anytime listener line at 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, this is uh, Dan from Seattle. Uh, you guys manage my portfolio. I just wanted to say thanks. You're doing a great job with it. But I manage my niece and nephew's Roth IRAs, and I just had a quick question. I have them in the three-fund portfolio. We have three ETFs, SCHG, SCHV, and SCHA, which is large-cap growth, large-cap value, and small-cap stocks or uh, ETFs all through Schwab. And what we do is every month we go in and we buy whichever one is down the lowest. So we've been buying lots of value over the last two years, and now we're buying lots of growth. And I know you say growth will probably underperform, but with them having such long time horizons, they're both 20 years old, uh, 18 and 20, is that a good strategy just to keep buying whichever one's dipping the most and not letting them get too unbalanced? But I just wanted to see what you thought of that three fun portfolio and that strategy. Thank you. 
Uh, frankly, there's nothing wrong with it if it's a long-term outlook because there's times when value outperforms, there's times when growth outperforms, and we've been dealing with growth outperforming for a number of years, and we feel, uh, Justin and I feel that it's tur- values turn. But that doesn't mean growth doesn't work. It just means that value should perform better uh, for a while. How long? We don't know. I mean, no one really knows these things, but I think a good spread that you have, and ETFs are spread out broadly into the sectors they're in, I see nothing wrong with you holding on to that. It will be fine. Okay? My focus point today is based on do you a question. Do you have to put 20% down buying a house? Well, the answer is no. But a down payment of less than 20% means you need to make additional payments for PMI. You know what PMI is? Private mortgage insurance payments. And they can be expensive. And it's every month that premium. And it's not cheap. No, so just know that that's what that is. We'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more and, and during the show. But just, you can put down as little as 3%. Okay. But I'll tell you this, every time that a lot of banks start to do that kind of thing, they start to stretch to get uh, lenders in to, to, to keep business going, every time that happens, a few years down the road, they have huge defaults, foreclosures begin to build. So you don't, you know, you, you want... Be you, everybody, you need to keep an eye on out for that because that generally also indicates a recession. Okay, so we got to keep an eye on what are the banks doing now? And are they are they planting the seeds now for problems down the road? The answer is no, they're not doing it now. But you can put as little as 3% down. Now, now remember in 2005, 2006, you didn't have to put anything down. You didn't even have to have prove in income. You didn't have to prove you had a job. You didn't have to do anything. Banks were crazy because they were holding on to none of those loans or as few as possible. And they were selling those loans on Wall Street. And Wall Street was selling it to you and me in the form of CDOs and collateral debt obligations and other things telling us that they were solid because real estate backed them up. When in fact, they weren't solid because they were lending money to just anybody. So you know, be be aware that there are problems if the banks get too easy with their lending. And they that happens when, you know, there's a lot of competition or or they're just, you know, they can't, they need business and they're trying to drum it up. But just be careful with that. Okay? 888-99-CHART is my number, everybody. 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. You can call me anytime you want. Um what is that? What is the average length of a bear market? Do you know? Well, there was a study done, and the last 19 bear markets over 140 years, the average length is 289 days. 289 days. The average bear decline from a high, 37.3 percent. Okay. Are we in a bear market? That's the question. Now, NASDAQ is, but the overall market, if we count the S&P 500, is not. So it's it's just interesting. The S&P is down, what, 16.6% before today. The NASDAQ is down 27% before today. 
But there's another stat that I'll bring out. We're moving into a break, but I'm here and happy to take your financial investment questions. This is Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Jacob. He's in the Bay Area. Hi, Jacob. Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, I own Sprouts. I trimmed it back with a lot of my part portfolio back in March, back around like when it was about $33. Um, so I have about a third of my overall portfolio sitting in cash. Okay. And I'm thinking about picking up some more Sprouts now that it's pulled back. So I was wondering what you think about it. Well, I like Sprouts a lot. Uh, operates uh, 374 stores in 23 states, and offering natural and organic food items. I like it a lot because I shop there. <laughs> but I also like because they're always pretty busy. You know, I like the consistency. And they're still growing. Uh, their their earnings went up 2% this year. They're going to go up 6% next year. Sales in the most recent quarter went up 4%. Notice the single-digit numbers. That is very typical of a food store. Food stores do not sell at high multiples. Never do. Their profit margins are usually pretty tight. The good thing about Sprouts, it doesn't have a lot of debt. has some. Uh, mutual funds are not buying or selling. They're just holding on to it. And they probably, with them doing that, does not help push the stock up higher. I don't think it has a lot of upside potential at $24.94 because it's sitting at about 11 or so PE and the range is 8 to 26. So it's not expensive, but it's not cheap as it's been either. And it doesn't grow very fast. So I, I'd probably wait and see if I get a bigger dip. If I got a dip below 20, I'd be a buyer. Okay? Jake, appreciate the call. That's Sprouts, and that's S-F-M is their symbol. Sprouts Farmer's Market. Okay, um, on Fridays, I generally make time to do a quick rundown on key benchmark numbers, so let me do that if you may, if you don't mind. The two-year treasury uh, yield was at, is at 2.61, and what was it a few weeks ago? Eight weeks ago, it was 1.9%, okay? 20 weeks ago is 0.64, so obviously, it's gone up dramatically, now, the 10-year tre- Treasury, 2.92. So you're looking at a 0.31% difference between the 2-year and the 10-year. That's the spread. We don't want that to invert. It inverted already once, indicating we may be going into recession. But since then, it's stayed pretty steady. Okay, and so last week, it was 3.11. This week is 2.92. So it went down, therefore causing uh, causing a little squeeze up between the 2 and the 10. That's, that's something we watch. Gold, $1,809 per ounce. Last week was $1,883. So it has come down a little bit. softened. Why? Because the dollar has gone up dramatically. Silver, 2103 
11 weeks ago, it was 23, so almost 24. So it's not moving. Gold's not moving. Remember, precious metals is a good um, hedge against stock market volatility. So now, it doesn't mean they will go up if the market goes down. Not necessarily, but they don't follow the direction of the market generally. They go their own way. So that makes it a good hedge. And, of course, oil, $110 a barrel. Pretty steep. Okay, uh, just so you know, 21 weeks ago, it was $66.62 a barrel. Now it's 110 National average for a gallon of regular gasoline, $4.43. Um, about 11 weeks ago, it was three fifty. So, you know. And, of course, here in California, it's above $6 no matter what you, what you where you go. The average is $5.87, but... Down here in Southern California, you're not gonna you're gonna find most of the time it's around six bucks at this point. Okay, six bucks a gallon. For comparison, in Georgia, a gas gallon of gasoline is three dollars and ninety five cents. Two dollars a two dollars a gallon cheaper, a little more than two dollars a gallon cheaper than here in California. Okay, let's go to Invest Talk Voice Bank for a question from a listener in Arizona. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hi there, my name's Eric, calling from Phoenix area. I just had a question about Southern Copper, SCCO. I just noticed the other day that they like raised their dividend to $1.25 a share. And before it was a dollar, and it was like 90% payout ratio, and now it's above 100%. So I was just wondering what the point of that was, what the thought process is, or, or why would they make their dividend higher than their their earnings. So, yeah, I just wanted to get your information about that and see what you thought. All right, thank you very much. Bye-bye. That always a little disconcerting to me when the payout ratio, what we're talking about is they're paying out more in a dividend than they're earning. They're going to earn earn $4.25 this year, and they're paying a dollar something a quarter. That's almost all their earnings. That's disconcerting. Uh, next year we're gonna make three ninety nine. That tells me they can't maintain that dividend. That's what that tells me. You know, uh, Southern Copper had a bad day, bad week. It peaked a few weeks ago at near eighty, and today it's at fifty five. So it's come off. Sales have slowed down. Also, sales growth has slowed down. I should say, still growing. But last quarter it was only nine percent. Before it was always in the double digits for almost year and a half every quarter we're moving into a break coming up on a few minutes so the latest kpp premium newsletter i will talk about it before too long so give me a call 888-99-CHART let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language okay why i mean how would it come in handy and where would you want to use it. Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in 
patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. It's Friday. The weekend is here, or almost here for most people. The markets have been more than interesting, and you want and need unbiased investing guidance. You're in luck. Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. My name is Brandon from Oklahoma, and I just kind of had a a general question about you know how the stock market grows, you know, because right now obviously it's kind of going down, bear market for Nasdaq, and you know could possibly enter that for S and P and Dow. And uh, you know, people will say you know the stock market has an upward trajectory throughout the years, which has been proven true. But how does it keep growing? You know, people are saying you know by 2035 the Dow will be you know 100,000 points, whereas right now it's in the 30s. How does the valuation just keep growing and growing and growing? And then obviously you have people that say, well, it can't grow forever. I'm just curious, is it just people spend more money, people buy more products, there's more people with more money, and so people, you know, that drives stocks up. Just, I'm kind of curious how the overall market as a whole continues to grow and obviously just keep investing to grow your money over a long period of time. Thank you very much. 
That's actually a pretty good question. And there's different dynamics that drive the growth of the stock market. First of all, you've got new stocks coming aboard on all the time, IPOs, initial public offerings. At the same time, you have stocks being bought by other companies or taken private all the time, too. A good example for that will be Facebook when uh, uh, Elon Musk takes it private. It will no longer be a stock on the exchange. But another way, remember, you got to remember, earnings grow every year. Companies grow their earnings. That's their that's their focus. So if earnings grow every year, technically the stock price should go up every year, even though that's not true. But you also have companies who constantly buy their stocks out of the open market. They take so the shares trading in the float are going down, which drives drives earnings per share up. Stocks go up when earnings go up. That's the overall background rule you should understand. So how do stocks go up when earnings go up? Well, that's you and me. We drive the price up. We decide. And sometimes we'll value a dollar's worth of earnings at a P.E. of maybe 15, and other times we may value that same dollar at a P.E. of 30 because maybe the sales growth is going well. Got to remember that stock market is dynamic, and a a healthy economic system, a free economic system, is dynamic. Meaning, companies go out of business, new companies take over. Uh, you should read the book Creative Destruction. Companies go out of business for reasons; they're destroyed, and then we create new companies. And this pushes all these different things push prices and stocks up. Okay, it's it's more than just one thing. It's multiple things. Good question. Okay, as you know, KPP Premium Newsletter, uh, I finished it this morning. It will go out to subscribers tomorrow morning. You know why we do that? Because we have to have some proofreading done. And it takes, you know, takes a couple hours. We try to get it out by Friday afternoon, but it's just a lot of pressure. And we don't want to put out a product that has problems with it. So we try to... We've decided to try to take more time. Anyways, in the market condition section, there's four sections to the premium newsletter, okay? Four sections. The first one is called the market condition section. And I stated, for the broader market, we have now entered bear market territory. Of course, today kind of destroyed that. Uh, <laughs> that with, Are we in bear market territory? Well, we are in the NASDAQ. It's down 27%. And anything down 20%. If the market's down 20%, you're bear market. But the SP's only down 17 as of yesterday. So, and then I mentioned that, by the way. <laughs> I said the SP has fallen 17% so far from its high. A bear market is defined as 20%. I say that in the newsletter. Okay? I think some historical references in order here. There have been 19 bear markets in the last 140 years. I just mentioned that as a talking point today. So I've mentioned that in the newsletter because not everybody's listening to me on the podcast. So, you know, there, you know, we've had bear markets that are much, you know, the average drawdown average is 37%. But, you know, the 2008 drawdown was 50%. Remember, 37.3 is the average. In the Great Depression, it was like 80, 90%. So, you know, you can only you can only, you know, give you the average, but just remember anything below from a top 
to a, a bottom, which we don't know if we hit the bottom yet, the, uh, you have to at least gone down 20% to qualify as a bear market. If it's not a bear market, those are just corrections. Corrections in a bull market, in fact. Okay? Um, so, just to give you some context, that's what I was trying to do in the newsletter. Uh, the current malaise in the market is being caused by the Fed. It has stated that it will keep raising rates for a while until it sees that inflation is under control. For investors, that realization is very hard to digest. They want certainty. They would like to know how much, how often, how long is the Fed going to do this? Keep raising rates. So, remember, when they raise rates, they're removing liquidity out of the market. When, they, when they're letting their balance sheet run off, they're removing liquidity out of the market. Removing liquidity means there's less economic activity, thus a slowdown in the GDP numbers. Now, how slow is slow? When Will they slow down too much? That happens quite often. The portfolio management section, I asked this question. Buying stocks is a, in a bear market is always difficult, but under the right circumstance, circumstances, it could be the most profitable trade you can make. The stock market is the only marketplace where things go on sale and no one wants to buy them. But when items are overpriced, people flock to them. Doesn't make sense to me, but that's what happens. People right now are trying to avoid the market yeah, because it's going down. Well, it does go down. How far down, we don't know. But trying to time it is impossible. So I say we're currently in a difficult time, but it is a period when you should at least develop a buy list. According, uh, you should look for potential acquisitions. What characteristics should you look for when you're looking for potential acquisitions in a bear market? Okay, my, remember, in this time is probably not a time to speculate. You know, it's not a time to take high risk. So look for companies with low or no debt. They will exclude, that will exclude most high growth companies. They, they will exclude a lot. Stay away from them. No one can foresee per, you know, precisely when the stock market will hit bottom. Always buy companies that make money. That's the one. No one knows where the bottom is but always buy companies that make money. Okay? And, you know, and the stock ideas, a couple, couple ideas in there. I put two ideas in there each each time. I mentioned a gold ETF in there. Um, and, you know, I, I mentioned uh, tips, treasury inflation-protected bonds. So, of course, I will, you know, give you the symbols if you when you get the newsletter. It's not hard to find. Okay, and there's a good de good deal of valuable information in the KPP newsletter. When you subscribe at investtalk.com, you'll receive the newsletter each Saturday morning via your inbox. You subscribe at investtalk.com. That's two T's. Investtalk.com. Okay, um... Also, and there's another way to look at a bear market. You know, I always tell you, look at a bear market. You define it by going down more than 20% from the top. 
But there's other ways to look at it when you're in a bear market. For instance, you can look at it. What percentage of stocks are under their 200-day moving average? Why do I use 200-day? Because it's a long-term moving average. So if the stock is price is below that, it's below its long-term average. And how many are below that long-term average gives you a hint as to how bad the market is. And the worse it is, the more likely it's going to change back up. There will be a change back up. So it's all an effort to know how far down are we? Are we down far enough? And when there's a single digits, 8 9% of stocks above the 200-day moving average and the rest are below the 200-day average, you know that we're in a pretty bad bear market. So how many are above it now? About 16%. That's pretty low, just to let you know. That's pretty low. You know, there's, the market's been obviously below, worse than that. But if it gets down below single digits, you're probably looking at a bottom of the market. Now, try to find some of this information. It's difficult to find. You know, it, it's, not, it's not published every day somewhere. You have to buy this information. People sell it. Okay. Justin and I are glad to have your live phone calls, but we also enjoy hearing the questions that come in on anytime listener line number 888-99-CHART. Hey, Justin, Steve. This is Mike from Florida. I'm calling because I'm interested in moving some of my investments into uh, dividends so that I can start having a monthly income. And I was looking at some REITs and some BDCs. The BDCs interest me a little bit more because uh, I feel like real estate might slow down with the rising interest rates and the slowing the economy and less likely to move real estate. But as people are looking to get their corporations or small businesses off the ground, these BDCs are interesting to me, like the Gladstone Corporation, uh, which has ticker symbol GAIN and GLAD. I wanted to get your thoughts on these BDCs and if they're a decent investment or not. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay, GLD, is that what he said? G-L-A-D, GLAD. So let's take a look at that. That's Gladstone Capital Corporation. Okay, he's talking about business loans. Okay, uh, business development company investing in debt securities for private businesses substantially owned owned by funds. Okay, um, and they pay, this is when Gladstone pays a seven percent dividend. These things are look very good in a healthy market, um, but they also suffer when interest rates start to rise because they have to they buy money to lend money out, so their costs go up in a rising interest rate environment, which puts pressure downward on the profits. Okay, so just be aware that these things have looked really good in the past, but you can't buy looking in the past. You're looking, the, you're looking through the windshield, look forward. And I don't, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them. They're not. Uh, but this one, Glassstone, is a very tiny, $396 million. I I wouldn't take my chances. Made money. It's always made money. It's always made about 80, in mid-80s, 85 cents a share. Next year, it's going to make 87. This year, it's made 93. Last year, it made 79 cents a share. And, you know, they pay a lot of that out in the form of a dividend. Their dividend yield is 7%. So just be aware that, you know, you're not going to get much capital appreciation. You will get uh, dividends, but the dividends, uh, I would check the history of the dividends over the last 10, 15 years 
to see how secure it is. I don't know if it's even been around that long. I doubt it. Okay, uh, let's go to Richard in the Bay Area. Hi, Richard. Uh, hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call again. I Thank appreciate you. all of your answers. Uh, oh. I, I, I had a question about uh, small cap companies in, um, in terms of their response to a bear market. I know they start a bear market, like they, they typically go down first and then the large cap um, value follow them. But out of a bear market, um, how does it go? Does it go the same way, like large cap then small cap? You mean in the bull um, market or, when it or t- turns or when it turns up? You mean? Yeah, when it when it turns around. Yeah, when okay, it turns yeah. up. When 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 we are recovering from a bear market. How yeah, they they will recover much faster. Small cap growth stocks will recover much faster. They go down fast and deep, and they recover fast. Okay, so don't think that it's all a bad deal. It's just a, how can can you stomach the volatility? Because you know they could lose fifty, eighty percent of their value, right? I mean, that's not uncommon. And you know, back in two thousand eight, they went down more than fifty percent. The overall market went down fifty percent. They went down farther than that, especially the small cap growth. And they also have trouble when interest rates are rising. That, you know, that we're in a rising interest rate environment. They don't like that at all because they use borrowed money to help grow their company. And that's a, that's a general statement. Okay, so just be aware. Yeah, they'll, they'll bounce up fast. They will once the bottom is put in, wherever that is. Once it's perceived that the Fed has, is, is slowing or stopping raising rates, once they perceive that the damage to the economy is is complete, there's no more damage to done to the economy because of the Fed, then they'll start turning around. And just so you know, everybody, the stock market will move up before you see the evidence of the economy moving up. If we go into recession, and just the reason why I'm talking recession, we already have the first quarter we shrank 1.4%. The GDP shrank 1.4% because of the high inflation. That reduces the, the, the nominal number, right? So next next quarter, we're still dealing with a high inflation. So we still that could be the second quarter in a row where the GDP shrank. We're in a recession. That's the definition. Now, it might not be very painful because we have lots of jobs, but we're still in a recession. Thank you for the... Thank you for the call. I appreciate the question. This is Invest.com. Steve Peasley. We have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues after this break. Get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced? Or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. Hello, InvestTalk. I have a question about Consolidated Edison, ticket symbol ED. I bought this stock recently, and now I'm considering uh, whether to keep it or perhaps uh, sell uh, half a portion. My question concerns uh, the cash flow of the company. 
as far as I can see, it has negative cash flow. What I really like about the company, though, is it's a dividend uh, aristocrat. It has steadily grown its dividend uh, over the years. And uh, I also think utilities is a really great uh, section to, to be invested in now. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Thank you very much. Bye. Okay, he referred to Con Edison, similarly D, as a dividend aristocrat. And that's that's a a term uh, published by a book called uh, Dividend Achievers. And it's a very good book. If you're looking for dividend-paying stocks, it's a really good book because it's a list. All it does is list companies that pay dividends and their histories of paying dividends. And so Con Edison, like most utilities, are very good at paying dividends over a long period of time. Their dividend yield is 3.3%. They're never going to get much growth out of it, even though they've grown recently in the low single digits. I mean, the high single digits. You know, but, you know, for instance, this year they're going to make $4.50 a share. They haven't made that much money since 2015. But they've only made around $4 or higher between 4 and 4.50. Next year it's supposed to be $4.83, and that's a peak. We haven't seen that in a long, long time. So it's very steady. These these utilities. That's what that's their best characteristic. Steady, and they pay a dividend, and they increase their dividends over time. So um, I have positive cash flow, not negative cash flow, out of this company. I'm not sure where you're getting that. Return equity is pretty low at eight percent, but most utilities are pretty low, um, and most utilities do have debt. This one does too. Con Edison is a very solid company. You want to buy it. The best time to buy any utility is the, is when it, it hits its long-term lows because they trade in a range, long-term ranges. And for Con Edison, that low is probably around $70, $60, somewhere in that range. But it's a good, solid company. It really is. Twitter. Uh, EMS Musk said that he wanted to, uh, wants to hold off and – uh, he still wants to make the deal to buy Twitter, but remember, he's trying to take it private. And why does he want to hold off? Because of all the um, uh, the the um, what do they call those com- those uh, fake accounts? There's he's worried about that. Usually, data fake data fake accounts um, come in about five percent of the total participation of the people these are computer driven accounts and not real people so he's concerned about that problem is he waived his right to due diligence he waived that right he doesn't have that right to do due diligence at this point he waived it because usually there's a due diligence period so i'm not sure if he can do what he wants to do so i'm thinking He's looking for a discount. This is not unusual that you have a deal and then you don't have a deal. Something comes up that makes the buyer say, well, gee, maybe I shouldn't be paying so much money per share. Maybe I should be paying 10% less than that. Now, when this came out, Twitter went down 20%. I think it ended up the day only down, well, I didn't see it at the very end of the day, but maybe down about 10%. So maybe it's a negotiating tactic. I wouldn't be surprised if that isn't the case. But he does still want to do the deal. That's what he said. 
So we'll see how that goes. I'm pretty sure he's going to be buying Twitter. He's committed a lot of money, and, you know, if he backed out, he's going to have to pay huge money in forfeits. Maybe he doesn't care because he's got the money. I'm not sure. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about us. It's a free podcast. It's free. Get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, on and or Spotify. And, of course, if you do download us on iTunes, please rate us. We would love a rate. It helps our profile. And you can say all the negative things you want if you want to. We appreciate it. A positive rating, but, you know, it's your freedom. Independent thing and a shared success. This is the best talk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 